Yo, do we want to talk about the Grammys? Just get right into it. Yeah, let's get right into it. So I know you were kind of going on a tangent the other night about um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just didn't think that Billie Eilish really deserved, I guess, record of the year. Yeah. Bad guy. I mean, I know it did dethrone Lil Nas X for uh, like the number one, but it was like the number one that set the record. Yeah. And that shit is like so culturally ingrained in us now. Like we're going to be saying that shit years from now about like I got the horses in any anytime anybody says anything about horses millennials like when they're like 40 years old are going to be like oh I got the horse I swear to god we will see it yeah like, no that became like a cultural like I mean that shit that shit's in the cultural fabric forever mm-hmm. <laughs> whether we like it or not yeah and honestly the the listenability I don't know I think the listenability of uh Old Town Road is kind of it's kind of been one of those songs that's just been beat to death and I think that's just always going to be the stigma behind it. And it stinks too, because I really thought, um, I love that song. I love the Ross X. Um, I also really love the genre of like cowboy Southern rap. Um, mm. I in particular love outlaw country. I hate modern country music, but I love to go listen to like, basically it's trap music. It's just, yeah. I mean, these boys were fucking crazy. No. The shit that they sing about is wild. The cowboys were the like original trappers. Yeah, no, like or original like gangsters, just riding around like shooting people. Like you might die any day. Like <laughs> in the counterculture of like outlaw shit, that definitely morphed into gangster rap. And yeah. it's unfortunate people don't see that and appreciate that. Um, yeah. Not not to take away like obviously the people who like pioneered gangster rap as its own thing. Mm. Um, I'm not saying like Willie Nelson started gangster rap. That's not the point I'm making. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I guess the, the larger point I'm making is like, I was always ready for rap to embrace being cowboys in like a more serious way. I love that young thug album where he kind of embraces country, particularly on daddy's birthday, you know, my Rolls Royce inside a Piccadilly. Like, that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, obviously the little Tracy fucking the Lucy Vert remix of his song, fucking Like a Farmer, was fucking unreal. And uh, I was, it sucked that it went right from that to the mainstream, and it didn't have time to kind of um, fester in the SoundCloud underground where everyone made their fucking cowboy track. And, you know, like, it yeah. kind of went boom boom and that's and, and that's just in general things move faster now the trends get set way quicker no i think the labels are just scouring the the lower parts of the internet just looking for something anything to bite onto and then they're gonna yeah, fucking industry plant it but i'm not saying little Nas x is a industry plant whatsoever i mean yeah. i don't know maybe uh, what are your thoughts on that actually um i think it's a little bit organic well i'll say this his album that came out mm-hmm. i think he was it's organically planned it shows how a kid a Nicki minaj stan on twitter which is what he was he like ran like a Nicki mm-hmm. minaj stan account and like and i think he had like a big twitter account like um dory or something yeah, he had like or, several like common white girl too i think yeah like he was like a main twitter so he was already kind of setting the culture so i'm sure someone with that level of influence who was already doing ads and working in the industry and doing things for years had connections and had a plan. Now I do think he came up with a plan of 
getting it in ingrained in people's minds. Like there was a video, um, and it's funny we talked about the Young Thug song. There was a video of a cowboy. Um, what do you call them? The clowns at the rodeo. Rodeo clowns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's rodeo. Other synonym could go. <laughs> there was a thing they were called. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, it was a viral video of a rodeo clown dancing, and it was set to Young Thugs, Park My Rolls Royce inside the Piccadilly, and it went viral. And then, in like anything that goes viral, it got copied by those Twitter accounts like Helen Wiker and Dory. Yeah. But with the difference, yeah. the song was swapped out for Old Town Road. Yeah. And mind you, this is like a year and a half prior. I don't know the exact timeline, but mm-hmm. a long time prior to him actually dropping the song officially. So by the time it dropped, it was already like, you know, if it got retweeted 111K times, it, you think about how many people watched that video and had it ingrained in their subconscious. So then when they heard it the first time, it's like, ooh, that's catchy. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah. No, he, he definitely pioneered the whole meme rapping thing. Like, you know, spam, not, not necessarily what it is now, people spamming under people's, like, replies and shit on Twitter of, <laughs> like, you know, just memes of them, <laughs> you know, their song to, I guess, people just fucking dancing and shit with guns or whatever. Well, or with like other celebrities. I, I don't know. It's weird, but. What should people do for clout? Like fucking uh, eating fucking cereal out of a Dior of uh, Jordan. You know, that type What? Of... Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Actually, you know, that wasn't even a, ra- a rapper. It was Jake Paul, who I guess tries to be a rapper sometimes. So, yeah, you know, I... no, he's like dropped like multiple songs. Yeah, unfortunately. You ever heard the, the, the his worst one is. Let's it's... not get off. I don't want to talk about Jake Paul. Let's, <laughs> talk... <laughs> uh, let's yeah. We're gonna veer, take a hard turn. We're gonna take a hard turn away from Jake Paul and YouTube culture in general. Let's let's just stray away from that. Um, yeah. What were we talking about right before that? Meme rap, and there's a through thread from like Lil B, Soldier Boy first, even Wiz Khalifa to an extent, Lil B, and uh, and then you know more recently you have people like uh, you know fucking icy narco and like the label meme raps and like trying to capitalize on that and you have or you know obviously there's the low pumps and then i think there's this natural progression of it's it's not that kind of meme rap meme rap it's literally meme rap as far as like you weaponizing memes to fucking make a song successful which granted is like fucking incredibly impressive and all power to him um but I don't know that he's a label plant in the sense that he is in himself someone who's incredibly talented and smart and worked his way there. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way that like someone like Claro is an industry plant because she had parents in the industry. Um, I think Lil Nas X worked hard to like come up with a scheme even really to make his song pop. Not not to take anything away from the song, which is a great song and catchy in its own right. You need everything to click all around. Um, but I fucking, uh, I think his album is incredibly to finally come back to answer the question. His album is incredibly filled with label songs that sound like they're directly ripped from the label. And uh, I think Kevin Kazi had a song where, and I don't know which song it is off that album, um, but it's basically, he bit like a Kevin Kazi hook pretty hard. 
Really? Which, which, is, which is label antics type shit. Yeah, and I think, and I'm not even sure if it was necessarily Kevin Kazi. I don't want to say it was um, for sure, but... Um, Listeners, was, investigate at your own time, you know? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I'm not trying to say who said what, but, like, I think he said he had sent stuff to this label and whichever it was, and then it somehow something very similar sounding uh, from the from the sample tape he sent ended up in Lil Nas X's tape. And so you know, there's things like that, and it was, and I mean, you just listen to it, and it's and it's planned to be popular, which honestly it was, and I'm sure it sold and, and good for them, and you know, I'm sure it made a lot of fucking money. But oh, as yeah. we discussed on the show before, not necessarily what it's about. Yeah, and, yeah. and I like someone like Billy Eilish dethroning him. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that song had ran its course. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, not but, gonna lie, it is a good song. Like, Bad Guy is not a bad song in any way. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no shot. Um, I do think though, uh, that. So, who won over Billy Eilish? Wait, who won over Billy Eilish? Yeah. Well, I think she won record oh. of the year. Yeah. She won over Lil Nas X for like song of the year. And I think Lil Nas X got the performance of the year with Billy Ray Cyrus, I think. Damn. Oh, oh, he could only get the award if he did it with Billy Ray, huh? Yeah, that's that's it. That's what I kind of feel like it's like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a little touchy, you know. I don't know. There was something weird about how hype everyone for like, was for like country's embrace of this like meme song. Mm-hmm. There was something palpable there. I don't know what it was, but no, I, I feel like everybody was saying that he was like breaking down a wall. That was because remember that whole controversy that was with it, where it was like, oh yeah, he got taken off the country charts or whatever. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, and everybody was like, everybody was like, yeah no fuck that put him back on the country charge why is that not and like florida georgia line people like that were standing up for him and yeah. then some people were like i mean you you could kind of say it's pretty kind of racist but <laughs> but you know i like i'm glad to hear florida georgia line stood up because mm-hmm. you listen to their music and not to get too into music theory on mm-hmm. the podcast with the nazi logo but you listen to their music <laughs> and uh, fucking you fucking literally hear the hi-hats and the snares and like the shit that you did that is trademark and like the, the fours and like shit, shit that you know from hip-hop and yeah. you're like why what is this song doing on a country song it's like they took shit from hip so good they they, they it is their job to stand up for little yeah. Yeah. they took shit from hip-hop i think they kind of got bullied into it a little bit just a tad <laughs> but good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. cancel culture that this podcast supports 100 percent. yeah yeah only just, people are doing a good thing as much as you can yeah just for the embitterment of the the lower class you know the fucking embitterment of the lower class baby yeah <laughs> that's, that's what we're all about right now. <laughs> oh shit man you know so uh so what exactly was your take on the grammys then i don't know i was just like yeah it's kind of fucked up given everything that happened that like he kind of didn't win that i think he deserved it over billy eilish but i think billy eilish was the the better pick over billy eilish okay that's what i thought that billy eilish won okay Yeah, yeah yeah so i was like i was like yeah i don't i kind of was like wow 
you kind of give him that side. Or, I mean, you still give him a Grammy. It's a Grammy, you know? Yeah. A Grammy is a Grammy. But at the same time, like, that. What did she get it for, bad guy? Huh? What did she get it for, bad guy? Bad guy, yeah. Yeah. Even well, though it dethroned, but I think there was so much with the cultural. And I think that's, like, kind of what uh, the Grammys is a little bit about in that, like, in their mission statement or something. Like, they, they the advancement of the culture. I don't know. Yeah, because back when, back when, like, you know, before they fucking rightfully killed John Lennon, all these motherfuckers had really high ideals about what the fuck art could do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people just don't hold any standard to that anymore. No, I don't think so at all. That's another story. Because, <laughs> I mean, then that's the obvious choice, especially for this moment, to have, like, you know, someone who's, like, a black queer artist win the fucking best song of the year. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that fits in. And not that that's why he should win an award. I think also, dude, that shit is burned in everyone's fucking brain. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, that was the song of the year. Like, I yeah, need to break. Yeah. We all have some sort of reaction to it, regardless of what, if it comes on or not, you know? Yeah. Like, remember that one time that we were out and then you heard it? Cool. Yep. And then you were just like, oh, give me this. <laughs> someone give me that belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, you you very quickly went from holding on to your Gucci belt and doing like a cowboy belt buckle dance to like wanting to take the same belt and hang yourself when you heard it. <laughs> and if anything, that's a testament to how fucking popular this song was. <laughs> yeah, but for real though. Yeah. But yeah, and then I go back to other examples of that. Like, I know Cardi B is a black woman. But I definitely do not think she deserved Album of the Year over Astro World. That's another one. I think I think that was a win for white women everywhere. Excuse me, Cardi B won Album of the Year. Yeah, over Astro World, didn't she? All right, yeah, real quick, name three songs off Cardi B's album. Um, what is that one? Bodak Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you- other ones. That is a win for white women everywhere. Yes, a win for white women everywhere. <laughs> That's a win for for women with six figure jobs and an ochre sticker on their laptops mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, you saw all those videos of those white people at weddings dancing to that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> my mom loves Cardi B. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, cr- hey, what the fuck? <laughs> and not to overstep, but it's like. I think she affects. She leans into shit a little too hard. What do you mean? I, all right, part of it is, and I do almost like it. Like I, I'll listen to her ASMR video all day. There's she's doing like she's affecting the Bronx and like representing the Bronx. Yeah. But sometimes I feel she leans into that character like way hard. <laughs> when it's like for Jimmy Fallon and an audience of white people clapping. It just feels, yeah, a little performative. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it that. Like I don't know. Um, but like that might genuinely be her. But I don't know. I yeah, I don't know her. But you know what's funny? I did watch. Um, I feel like when you get to when you watch something with her longer than a fifteen minute interview, um, where I think she like shines in interviews and stuff, which is also why she's so popular. Um, you know, and. I think, uh, like, did you watch the show on Netflix where she was one of the judges? Oh, no. I 
I heard somebody have an opinion that was like Chance the Rapper and Cardi B are like the gatekeepers of hip hop in this show. And I decided just not to watch it in general. Yes. <laughs> you know? That's that sums it up. Like, so for any, everyone who doesn't know, there's a show on Netflix and I forget what it's called. And honestly, fuck what it's called because you shouldn't watch it. But yeah. it's, a, it's basically Rap American Idol. Mm-hmm. So three cities new york la and atlanta which i guess are pretty good cities to pick for hip-hop though there's other places like i'd love to see like them do florida memphis you know literally like, we said yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or chicago yeah yeah i want to see shit like that um and like so like i don't know i didn't love the cities they picked i felt it was a little too obvious and i also hated the jo- obviously like chance the rapper i don't know should be telling anyone if they could rap or not um mm-hmm. t was like a good judge i think for the most yeah. part cardi b sometimes had some really insightful things to say but for the most part was like very mean-spirited and like not actually very nice at all really? <laughs> especially to other women you know she'd constantly like comment on their appearance and even me i was like i didn't love like the shit cardi b was saying to other women on that show like it was it, it was it, it caught me off guard like i'm not even gonna front yeah you and were yeah, taken back <laughs> like spirited person like affecting this like character like <laughs> Like, no bullshit. Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. But then to, to that point, again, what, what would you were, we were t- kind of talking about this earlier in the week. Who won over Kendrick that one time? Macklemore, dude. And, and, yeah. And that was like, that is, if it, yeah, Good Kid Mad City is potentially the album of the decade. For real. That, that yeah. shit is so, I, I recommend any. Like, listen or go listen to that shit because that shit changed my life, honestly. <laughs> Early 2010s when we were in high school, and mm-hmm. I feel like if you were in high school when that came out, it would be like being in high school when Get Rich or Die Trying came out. It's yeah. like an album that it, it like defines the moment, and it is just, it's mm-hmm. it not only that, it has like five songs on there that are bangers that everyone's playing nonstop. Oh, and yeah. yeah, I mean, like, dude, ah i mean just fucking so many memories i have associated with some of the songs on that album and just like i don't know dude it crazy fucking shit like that really was a defining fucking like and and for that album to lose to the heist by macklemore and ryan lewis (laughs) this is ridiculous bro. when i was in the fifth grade i thought i was gay i mean like that is the album that beat out good kid mad city and it's just like, yeah, that was tough. That really felt like hip hop had been colonized. Right, yeah, at that point. Yeah, I was upset. I was ready to. I was gonna. I was ready to join the Black Panthers. I was. That was it for me. I was so hot. I think you know what's funny. I think there was a contingent of like very nerdy white kids on hip hop forums that were ready to like you know just go to war with the suburbs over that shit. More more than even the black community, the fucking Anthony Fantano listeners were just <laughs> pitchforks and torches. <laughs> Ready to go to war. <laughs> you love to see it, though, honestly. So it's not to say Astral World's like some fucking work of art. Like, it is what it is. It's not, you know, you listen to Days Before Rodeo and that Travis never, I, I don't think the potential you saw in that album ever got fully realized, but like, it's still a great album. And it's definitely years ahead of fucking Cardi B's out. Like, you know, and they're fucking like, no bullshit. They're like amazing female rappers out there. And I think that's the part that frustrates me about like the rappers that end up really getting like a shine because they kind of like 
appeal to like, I don't know, mainstream sensibilities or maybe like a mainstream characterizing of like the genre they're performing in. But there's like rappers like, I don't know, fucking like Armani Caesar, like uh, just to name an example, like female rappers who fucking go like ridiculous, like ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. And don't get that same shine because it's maybe it's not as performative. Maybe, you know, there's a million things and, and there's a million other reasons it could be too, but it just, and to see that win over something like Astro World, even though it's Cardi B, mm-hmm. it's tough. That's yeah, tough. It's pretty tough. And, you know, I think it just kind of... It's who the Grammys are for, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think that's primarily who I... I don't know a lot of Black people who just watch the Grammys, you know? Yeah. I've never really heard a lot of Black people just say, hey, you want to go watch the Grammys? I don't know. That's never happened to me in my life, but, <laughs> but still. I feel like award shows in general, it's kind of like a wine mom activity. Yeah. Yeah. For it's real. like me and the girls are getting together. I'm watching the BET Awards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <I> <laughs> oh, shit. No. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. I um, What else can we talk about? I think here's something I'd like to address. Um, have you seen... I think you actually sent me an ad by them. And so I want to confront you about this. The Lincoln Project. You've been seeing them. Uh, what exactly is that? So it's so on the surface, they're like some pretty hard hitting ads against Trump published by this group called the Lincoln Project. And I've been noticing them on Twitter for about a while now. They honestly could have been around for like four to six months. But basically what it turns out they are, it's like it's basically ran by this guy who used to fucking work for Bush and who fucking is just this Republican mouthpiece who like was full on the Republican grift train, pro Iraq war, pro like the worst shit. And this guy has realized, you know, the anti-Trump thing is actually pretty popular and the liberals will welcome you with open arms. You'll have a career. And so this guy took like a Groupon class in Windows Movie Maker and has been putting out these fucking hard hitting ads against Donald Trump (laughs) using Republican fucking points against him. So like shit, like trying to make Joe Biden look like the strong man and like, just like shit, basically embracing republican talking points yeah like literally i'm looking at something it's like hey donald and it's joe biden said release your tax returns or shut up like (laughs) like trying to be like it's like it's like trying to out trump trump which like is a strategy and i wish i i'll talk you know maybe i'll diverge on this a little bit i always wish bernie acted more like trump in the election i think if he really was a dick to the if he he was too nice to the democrats he should have trumped up the fucking party i think that was successful for trump he should have taken some pages out of his book yeah that was good in the primary though in like a general election when it's like actually the other side i don't know that it's worth trying to beat the republicans at their own game Mm mm-hmm yeah, and, and so anyway, outside of just the strategy, whether it's clever or not, I think my issue with it is that it just goes to show not only liberals' willingness to, like, accept people who, like, objectively disagree with them and not see that as wrong that now they're all on the same side. Like, they, like here's this guy who objectively believes in evil things. He one time said that he would have shot Mac, Mike Brown in the face himself. Who, Joe? No, no, not Joe Biden. That's pretty hilarious that you think that that's... <laughs> listen here jack i was i told them i was down i was talking to the officers and i said you know if i was there 
things would have gone down a little differently. I would have shot Mike Brown in the face myself, Jack. <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> That's so fucked that we live in a world that, like, I would uh, my mind would immediately not even think of Trump at that point, you know? <laughs> That's also. But, yeah, no, no, this Republican fuck who runs the Lincoln Project. And then the other insidious thing is that they're, like, really trying to, like, and, and listen, this isn't just the Lincoln Project doing. There's a lot of motherfuckers trying to really get on Trump for not, like, nuking Russia. Mm. Like, if, sir, if you don't invade Russia right now, you're Putin's little baby bitch. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yo, that, but that's like, and that's the shit that the Lincoln yeah. Project is pushing. And, 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 and now it has people like my well-meaning liberal parents like, yeah, and he's fucking Putin's little bitch and we got to – it's like the fucking Cold War again. Like, like Russia's the reason we're having these fucking problems. And like it, it just – and they have all this funding for these fucking ads and, and the Lincoln Project is bankrolled. And it's like, hmm, I wonder who could be bankrolling the people who want to go to war with Russia. Definitely not the military industrial complex. It definitely is nothing, nothing to do with them. I'm sure. Oh no, not at all, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, and I think the thing that is really gross about like liberals' willingness to just like embrace these people, like they're more willing to overlook someone who literally like supports conversion therapy than they are to overlook someone who like told a cop he fucked his wife you know what i'm saying yeah it's like that's too far for them that's extreme oh that's that's too that's too much we, we want to come together and, and and you know we don't want to be divisive but they'll, they'll but they'll meet in the middle with someone who literally wants to like murder iraqi children mm-hmm. that's chill yeah I, I just think people don't research enough at all you know? Well, I think on a less like on a for like the average Joe looking at the, the the Lincoln Project tweets and retweeting them, I think you're spot on. Yeah, people just I don't even think people realize the deeper implications or insidiousness of what they're trying to do. You know? Yeah. Um, and they are clever, hard hitting ads that I do think might move a couple of Republicans over, but like, you know, not the coalition that I think is really going to win the election. Um, yeah. And I well, I think it's not, but I think for like the the well-paid liberals, the DC elite, the people in the media, um, the people embracing th- this guy, it's because they have nothing to lose from putting people like him in power, putting people like fucking Bill Crystal and fucking David Frum and like all the fucking neoconservatives who want to cheer on war. They have no problem putting them back in power because they're not really a threat to like them at all in any meaningful way. But whereas someone like Bernie Sanders or a real leftist or Ilan Omar or AOC mm-hmm. poses a real threat because if what they got want to do got done, they would lose a lot of those lobbying fucking think tank jobs and like they would be fucking ran out of fucking DC. And that's what they that's what they're more scared of. It has nothing to do with ideals or any of this shit. And then there's people lower on the fucking totem pole, like uh, Twitter's favorite dunce, Charlotte Clymer who's this trans woman who's like a Warren supporter. Do you know her? No, I have never heard of her before. Her last name's perfectly fitting because she's like a complete social climber. And I mean, just like truly just the one of the worst people, just completely would shit on Bernie Bros every chance she got, you know, really rang, rung her hands over the uh, 
the Joe Joe Rogan endorsement. That was like a big deal to her. But then she has no issue. She literally reposted a fucking uh, ad that the Lincoln Project put up, which has a Ronald Reagan speech. Fucking Ronald Reagan. She retweets this as like a as like an LGBTQIA person is like, oh yeah, Ronald Reagan, my best friend. But oh, Joe Rogan. Oh, I don't know about all that. That's a little too. <laughs> you know, it's like what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know. People just. I don't know. It's, I think it's a lot of virtue signaling. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of that. It's yeah. a well, obviously, and and utilizing virtue signaling to get rid of the people you don't like, like Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. and and to embrace the the things that you do like or that don't threaten you. And like that's what the people like that sign the fucking Harper's letter mean by like inclusion of ideas. They do not mean letting like young leftists write. Here's why we need to form Antifa squads in every town in the New York Times. That they what they mean is like letting the biggest fucking ghouls like Tom Cotton, and we've discussed this before, write like, oh, yep, the Marines need to wipe the floor with the protesters. Like, that's the diversity of the ideas that they want. Yeah. Man, they, they don't want anything that's actually going to get people to think about what the fuck's actually going on, you know? No, 100%, dude. Yeah. It's all about maintaining the status quo, bro. It literally fucking is. And I don't know, I think... It's just, it's just a, it's a fucking wild time to be fucking alive, man. And it's just, there's so much going on and it's so hard to know like what's real or not because shit is just so manipulated. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like, like whenever I see shit on Twitter, sometimes, even if it's just like some wild ass video, like you see on Twitter that some people will like be laughing at and you just see like, how do these people exist? You know, like, (laughs) like it doesn't even feel like it feels like some of this shit is like almost manufactured a little bit bro i mean that is it it feeling like things don't exist it's really funny um we live in like a dreamlike fucking world It, it 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 truly things feel so detached from reality like today i saw on twitter chance the rapper defends his support of kanye west's presidential bid like i literally feel like at 16 i fell into a coma yeah, <laughs> like if that that chance to this chance, like you would not expect any that Kanye to this guy, you know, you wouldn't expect any of that shit. Or even the fact that these two dudes on my iPod would be like, you know, fucking influencing national politics. Like it's like it just feels bizarre. Yeah, it does. And um, yeah. and maybe. And and I guess here's the thing, uh, more important than bizarre, the Kanye thing is scary because like the dude literally like doesn't believe in vaccines. Like I, I don't know. Is like, he anti-vaxxer for real? Dude, in the Forbes article that we read, I actually kind of felt bad that we didn't discuss it on the Kanye episode. But like, there's a blurb where he's like, "The government's trying to put chips in us, Lala." <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, bro. And it's like, man, if they get <laughs> motherfuckers to take that shit. Please. <laughs> oh my god, dude. What the fuck? Dude, this country is fucking shit, bro. Yeah. No, we, it's it, this country shit, but I'm one of the assholes. Yeah, for sure. We both are. We both <laughs> I'm one of the like you know, I'm definitely a part of it. Like I don't I don't claim to be above it. Like Oh yeah. I I don't know. I feel like sometimes I I, I just want to get out of it altogether, mm-hmm. but I just know that's not a good idea. 
I'm thinking about dipping the country. Not even just di- I was just talking about social media, but like, <laughs> go off, bro. <laughs> no, all right, social media. All right, let's stick with that instead of my like long term plans to fucking evacuate the United what? States. That, that could be the end of the episode. We could talk about that. <laughs> I I ain't fucking leaving, man. They got They got to kill me. Yeah, bro. We gotta we gotta stand up for our brethren. Nah, for real. But yeah, nah. I, I think social media. In one hand, yeah, bro, like, I want to get off it. But on the other hand, I can't just trust the shit that people say to me and that I see on the news and on TV and in the news. Like, I need to, like, social media has been so important, I think, in radicalizing a lot of people and in keeping myself informed. And, like, granted, the mental weight of that sometimes is a lot. And uh, do you, have you been following – there's a thread. There's a local journalist in Durham who I'd love to actually try to get on one day, but who – has been posting a whole entire thread of videos of police brutality incidents. And he's at over 700 right now. And yeah. with unopened DMs. Yeah. I, I saw like a couple of the, I, I think I like saw like 650 to 670 or something like that. And I just couldn't look anymore, you know? No, that's what I was going to say. I get like fatigued looking at it. I like can't get yeah. through the whole list. It's like literally like too fucking much. Like I'm like, holy shit this is fucking unbelievable yeah it it just like like especially the the picture that went viral the other day of those two cops talking to that those children on that porch right and there was one cop that was like squatting there talking and the other cop who mind you is seems like a person of color at first glance i don't know there's no there it's he's right He's a little bit racially ambiguous, we'll say. I think but, I think he was. I think he definitely was. I think he was a person of color, but the, he had his hand on his gun, talking to fucking four year olds, bro. <laughs> like if that that is story. Like when you see that, like that doesn't even feel real, you know, like. And I think basically the gist of it is, man, like. It's not the feel good. Like literally, the person who posted put it up. Like, look at this. These two children were crying when they saw these officers, and instead of killing them and mur- murdering them in cold blood, these officers gave them a Rice Krispie treat. And it's like, <laughs> that's not <laughs> funny. At, at KCVTA Seven News at Barack Obama, at CIA, at, like, you know, adding everyone to try, at the Ellen Show. Like, and it's like, it's, it's, and then, obviously, I don't even think the person realized, he, that posted the photo, could not have realized that the dude's hand was on his gun, because otherwise, you would not post that. Oh, yeah, no. But I think what might be, like, the worst thing is that they did notice that, and they're like, oh, that's so, that's normal. He didn't use the gun. And like that is fucking hard. Like what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It they're all pussies. Is kind of what it feels like to me. I don't know. <laughs> no cops. Um, and I think you look at all those videos, and unilaterally, what you'll see is that cops are fucking pussies. And now, listen, they are the aggressors in these situations, not the the people, the the responders. And to me, that's pussy. To beat on people who are unarmed and like largely like you know there's all this you know the reason the antifa super soldier joke is so funny is because like 
everyone looks like fucking Captain America, like before the machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, I've like, there's very few like jacked, huge dudes working the front of these lines. It's like, oh, like it's fucking like college kids for the fucking most part. Yeah. And they're, they're running up, beating the fucking shit out of them. And in fucking $3,000 a riot gear, fucking all this shit. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're spinning the narrative that somehow they're the victims. And like one of the videos I posted today, they count, they, the people were chanting, um, don't start shit, won't be no shit. And to them, that was enough provocation to, to charge into the crowd with shields and beat the shit of people with batons. And it's like, that's not actually provocate. Like that's freedom of speech. But to, to, but the, they've spun the narrative so well that people actually think that that is cops under attack. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like if they, like the videos are right there. I don't see how, unless you're just not, I mean, I guess, I guess the Twitter, the Twitter reach isn't as great. Yeah. as We really think it is, you know, just yeah, because people, we're in it. Absolutely. A lot of Americans don't see it, I guess, you know? Yeah. I saw some, it's a crazy number about the portion of Americans that actually use Twitter, but yeah. even aside from Twitter, I mean, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, but how many people are actually seeing these videos? Yeah, I mean, the the most that I really ever see for a tweet is like that Nico girl got like twenty two million on her like whatever you say boomer tweet, you know, with yeah, yeah. Bernie shirt on. That's like probably the most that I've ever seen, and that's not even the U.S. population is what three hundred twenty million, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like very disproportionate to what actually is America, you know. And the most you'll ever see a political tweet get up to is like, you know, fucking, you know, 111K, some shit like that. You know, you're not, the shit's not really popping off that crazy. Um, and his thread, you know, a couple thousand retweets, tens of thousands maybe for the first couple, but nothing, nothing insane. Um, and, and I just don't think, because that information is not being disseminated by the mainstream media, obviously, because they need the police to remain as is. They are not interested in defunding the police. They are not interested in abolishing the police. They are not interested in changing the police. They are, in fact, are probably interested in having the police defend private property in an even more gruesome way. Um, and, and fucking, you know, and that's why we have to, we're polluting the airwaves as much as we can, and everyone has to pollute the airwaves as much as they can, and we have to keep fucking talking and not shut the fuck up and let their narrative win. No matter how crazy you feel, no matter how much it feels like that's the real narrative and you're living in fucking pretend land or dreamland or like nothing's real and you fell into a fucking coma. It's hard to know what's real and what's not, what's fake and true. But my mama raised me the right fucking way, and I know what's right and wrong. And I got to trust my fucking gut. Yeah, I think it, it is more of a battle between good and evil now. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I think you, people and their moral compass, I think some people have a very strong, both of us, I would say, have a very strong moral compass mm-hmm. and what we believe in and what we think is right, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if people have really figured that out yet, you know, to some degree <sighs> on, on some level they have, but I, I don't know. Is it because they, they know what's right and they choose not to, or. So it's, it's, it, oh, I have a good answer for it and I'm almost struggling to articulate it the right way. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, so the Kennedys, Mm-hmm. objectively good family of people right mm-hmm. yeah and they were new england socialites and you know they did the right thing um yeah. generally speaking good people 
supported the right charities, the right causes, fought for the right issues. The reason why, generally, is because that was what was easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that it's the easiest. Sometimes it's easier to be a Republican and to, and to take a little more money and maybe schmooze a little, you know, maybe it's easier to be a Republican. But it wasn't hard to do. They didn't fought hard, hard against, they didn't fight hard against anything in particular. Um, and, but then when fucking Bobby Kennedy or whoever it was, I don't know who it was, one of the rogue Kennedys fucking murdered a girl drunk driving. They fucking covered it up, left the body. Whoops, I killed someone. I'm not, they didn't say, oh, I'm going to step up and be held accountable for this and do the right thing. Because when it's hard, people don't want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's one idea. And then the other idea that's important going into the tangent is people, I've said before, people have been sold kind of this false idea of freedom. Like their definition of freedom is like having 27 different flavors of ice cream, yeah. not you know, actual independence, liberty. Um, Mm -hmm. And in similarly, I think people have been told that the easy thing to do, um, the fascist thing to do, because it's easy to give into power and wield that over people and enjoy that. Mm -hmm. The easy thing to do, um, they've been told that that's actually what's right and that's what's heroic. So I think it's been very easy for people to become fascists because social pressure and you're instantly a hero just by being a cop to a lot of people. And you think you're worthy of respect and this, that, and third, you know, you're automatically almost in a higher class of person. And and to the ruling class, you are, you are above the proletariat. You're in between them and them. And so you're a little closer to the ruling class and, Mm -hmm. and, and you're paid, your pay represents that generally speaking, Uh, cops are well taken care of. And so I do think that they've been told it's not only the easy thing to do, but they think that it's the heroic and right thing to do. Um, and I think to take that a little further, they look at the harder path and, and they see how hard it is because it's not easy to be an activist. You're constantly facing down, you know, potentially death, jail, you know, a million things, you know, beat down at the very least. Um, they almost take that as proof that that's the bad path. Um, yeah. When sometimes I actually think that the harder path to take is, is generally speaking, the right one. And at the very least, the men who take the harder path have a hell of a lot bigger balls. Hmm. Yeah, because I think it, that shows true character. Yeah, I mean, it really shows who you are is when what you do when every, you know, I think that's, that's what Dave Chappelle said. You know, it's it's hard. It's hardest to do what you truly want to do when everybody's looking, you know. Or yeah. what you know is right, even though that's not the popular decision. Because, <clears throat> you know, he left the Chappelle show when he was about to get $50 million. Yep. He was, like, packed up and left, you know? Yeah, because his, his morals didn't agree with it. And, like, I think that's an incredibly different thing to do, difficult thing to do. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I just – and I was having a conversation with somebody about, like, you know, because we have NYPD friends um, and in my family uh, that I grew up with. There are these two kids that I like, you know, we went to like Disney world together as kids or families. Yeah. Um, 
And like, you know, we, I don't know that we were the closest in recent years and like the differences between the paths we went down became apparent. Like we weren't as close and like, you know, they'd give me shit about all the rap concerts I went to. And I joke, like, Oh, how many black teenagers you kill this week? Like you give shit back or back to them. Uh, but like, you know, cause they go, oh, how many rap concerts do you go to, man? And I'd be like, hey, how many black teenagers do you kill? Probably about the fucking the same. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we were already not like on great terms. I was a dick to them. Uh, but then all this shit comes to the surface and I'm posting shit on social media and it's like not, you know, it's not good. Yeah. And, and obviously my parents who are family friends of them aren't too thrilled about it. So my mom's talking to me about, you know, you know, you grow up with these people, they're good people. It's just that the surroundings that they grew up in is their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said to her, I'm like, well, you grew up in those same surroundings and you, you know, you don't believe those things. So give yourself some fucking credit and, you know, call them out on being evil. Um, and, but on top of that, like, you know, the, the Republican idea that like on college campuses, everyone's teaching Marx and like wants you to be leftist. It couldn't be like more untrue. Um, in fact, I think my environment personally, my personal environment would drive me to be kind of a young professional, maybe a little liberal leaning, but definitely conservative on financial things and against uh, leftism. And, a young, you know, I'd, my education would suit me to be my environment would push me to be a very different person than I actually am. And that's because I've endeavored to find the truth and do readings and to to. to to not just surrender to my surroundings and blindly follow. Yeah. And I have to look at someone who doesn't endeavor to do that in the slightest. And I feel like it's okay to blame them a little bit for just fucking going along with what's easy. Um, mm-hmm. And these are the very same people who think that all the protesters, that's what they're doing, that they're going along with what's easy that, you know, they've been led by their college professors and that they're going to get these big high paying jobs or protesting when that couldn't be more untrue. People are constantly getting fired. Honestly, it's not even safe on most college campuses for activists right now. Um, and, and, you know, we could probably do a whole episode on that, but like, it's just, it's truly couldn't be more untrue. Really? It's just like, it's just wild how crazy they want to suppress the voice and suppress the movement. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, <clears throat> I don't know how that just weaponize anything. It's yeah. not lost on me that Kanye West might be a part of that too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the more after that we talked to Chris the other day, I was like, uh, I was really thinking about. It. I was like, man, he really could just be playing this whole game. Yep, really be with still with Trump, and you know, just saying whatever. And then you know, Chance the Rapper today is like, oh. Maybe had a phone call with Kanye. He's like, Ooh, let me get in on that Republican money, you know? <laughs> yeah, shit, man. I don't Did know. Talk it's... about how Kanye's Yeezy business receives uh, money from the government. Yeah, that PPE. Yeah, we didn't talk about that good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just some fishy stuff there. And, like, you know, listen, I do think to an extent I'm willing to believe that Kanye is just a manic, crazy motherfucker who would do that on a whim. Um but you know who the who the fuck knows anymore, you know, and uh, and I just I'm incredibly wary, especially with the religious stuff and the vaccine stuff. Um, but in the same hand, I also love how angry he's making DNC operatives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, co- pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think what he's overall trying to push is a good message. <clears throat> with the whole like the the Democrats don't deserve the black vote. You know? Yeah, I wish it was anyone else. 
Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, <laughs> I, I I just I wish anyone could because there does need to be a voice of you know this guy doesn't owe, you don't owe him your vote. Um, yeah. I think it's gross that people feel that way. Um, and granted, it's the lesser of two evils and and harm reduction this harm reduction that. This is a guy who was promised not to legalize cannabis. This is a guy who has not apologized for the 1994 crime bill and said that he would do it again. Um, and so, like, what harm reduction? Yeah, and, like, fracking, all that other shit. Like, yeah, like fracking. County. Like, even, like, if you're like, oh, that shit really doesn't affect fracking. I know in rural counties that is a big major fucking issue. And he's like, that's not off the table. He literally said the other day, that shit is not off the table. Yeah, that shit is no. harmful, and that shit is only for profit. And you know who that harms more than anyone? Who? Fucking disadvantaged low-income communities. Yeah. As always. And like, and and the Democrats pretend to give a fuck about them, but yeah. we'll sell them down the river, and then for whatever reasons they come up with at any fucking instance they can. But I don't know what can, what can we do, man? Well, I think um. You know what's shitty is it is the lesser of two evils, and I don't necessarily agree about the harm reduction point, but I do think there is potential to let's say we get Biden in there. My immediate concern is that the momentum is a little lost. Liberals get a little mm-hmm. comfortable, feels like it's back to normal. But while my intuition tells me that, when I really think about it, I feel as though it would be incredibly hard, especially for the senile old man, to sell us on going back to normal. Obama barely kept it together and he and he was a smooth fucking operator. I'd listen to that guy read me a fucking lullaby. I mean, truly, he was fucking once in a lifetime charisma. But now I don't think Joe Biden's going to be able to sell the return of normalcy. So I think we have a pretty good shot at keeping the protests going under him and a way better shot of not becoming political prisoners in the process of protesting under him. And so I kind of like the idea of maybe waiting in the wings a little bit, keep fighting for change every instance we can, showing up for protests, signing petitions, doing everything we need to do, but aware of the fact that the real fight comes after we win in November and we can start really pushing the Democrats to the left and make the Democrats show their ass. Let's make the Democrats rubber bullet protesters because they don't want to do Medicare for all. Let's really, let's really show who the, what type of interest the cops protect. Let's have that real ideological battle with someone who's a little more ideological closer to us and really expose the stark differences between people who right now appear to be on the same team. And we are not on the same team as them. But I think it might be worth it for our team to get their team in the White House for now, just strategically. Yeah, but do you think we're going to have this same kind of, I guess, turnout? Because, you know, coronavirus is happening and there is 20 plus million Americans that are out of work right now, you know? So that, that, this, this is a moment like no other, you know? Yeah. So come November time, it'll be, I think it'll be a quiet two months until we get that fucking coronavirus cure, you know? Yeah. And I mean, who knows? I'm not going to hold my breath for a cure. Maybe not even till next. So who the fuck knows when that's coming down the pipeline? So really, when I think about COVID and its impact on the protests, um, I asked myself the question of, did it keep people from protesting or did it make people protest? And I lean more make people protest. I don't think it really kept as many people as it encouraged to go out. And I also think it really exposed the cracks in the system and who matters and who doesn't Mm. to people who otherwise wouldn't be made to think about this or would ignore it. 
um, oh. even with the Black Lives Matter movement going on. And it's not hard to make the connections between the two things in the interest of capital, especially after a Bernie run when these ideas were talked about a little bit. Um, and so I think it was a confluence of factors that led to the protests and COVID was a huge part of it. But like, let's say a vaccine comes out. I think that might help the protest because now more people feel comfortable protesting and more frequently. Mm-hmm. And let's have a real summer of love where everyone's sucking and fucking in the streets like hippies. Let's fucking have, you know what I'm saying? Let's fucking get back to it. 67. Yeah, just a, a Woodstock. Yeah. No, I'm being for real. Yeah. The only reason it didn't turn into that is because of fucking COVID. I'm honestly a little upset about it. Yeah. That would be pretty crazy if you could figure out. I was trying out. to get pussy for my rubber bullet scars, bro. <laughs> Here I am, boot up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's good to be boot up, though. No, it is. It is. I, lo- I love my girl. She's probably listening to this. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it, It'll just be a long beep right there. It's no, no, no. You, you got to blur it out. She know I love her. Uh, <laughs> but fucking... Yeah, bro, on some crazy shit, like, I do think we'll be able to keep... Also, I think when Joe Biden's... I think a lo- the reason... A-, a lot of the people who might be home right now because they're a little worried about COVID are probably the same people who are like, yeah, yeah we're going to vote in November and think that Trump's the problem here. When yeah. Biden gets in there and Black people are still being murdered in mass mm. by a racist police force, I think a lot of people are really going to wake up just to, to like, oh, wow, okay, maybe Trump is not the issue. Maybe he's the symptom of a larger one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just going to have a lot of ramifications either way it goes, you know? Like, I feel like if Trump wins, it's going to be mask off for real, you know? Yeah, that is something I'm, I'm really concerned about, and that's why I think at this point I'm leaning towards voting Joe Biden because I think – I don't love what's waiting down the pipeline for us when Trump's not worried about reelection. Yeah. When he just knows it's like, Hey, this is the time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Part of me also feels like he has been masked off the whole time though. I don't know that he's necessarily been holding back. Um, Cause really what would the Democrats do if he went too far? I don't know that he's like afraid of them in any meaningful way. I think that it's been, a little bit of his, like, I guess, dementia. <laughs> and I mean, I don't want to say it's like dementia, but it, it looks like dementia. I know there's something going on there too. Yeah. There's something going on there with his mental cognitive abilities. Right. I also think the man's just under a tremendous amount of stress. The master has been flustered. This is a guy who was flustering everyone else for years on end and his streak's been broken. He's flustered now. Now he's the one fucking swatting back the tennis balls, not throwing them. Yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah, that must be a weird position to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. But then again, this man's just kind of been a loser his whole life, a little bit. You think? You just given, like, his failed businesses and everything. I don't think he views himself as such, though. Oh, no, but, like, everybody else, like, he just wants to impress daddy. Yeah, 100%. Daddy, you want, you want daddy approval. <laughs> you know? like. Yeah. And, and I'm sure part of his subservience to the ruling class has something to do with, you know, this is, that's something he always aspired to be. He'd rent the ruling class's buildings and put his name in gold on the top. The, the fucking, the, the, the original fronter. Yeah. He dead ass though. He is like front man, like extraordinaire, bro. Yeah. <laughs> really one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. To, to just create that. I mean, I'm sure he had, 
he has wealth, you know, just because of his father. Like somewhere he was, he's always going to be good, you know. But, but like, as the seven-year-old, they probably think Donald, like especially in New York City, you probably think Donald Trump owns half the shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, Donald. They, every, every, I think people on the right are just so convinced that he is like a great businessman. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. it's just not the case whatsoever, you know. Yeah. This man is a reality TV star where they openly just like made fun of him for like the fact that he was a businessman, you know. Like yeah. th- that is the whole concept of the show is that Donald yeah. Trump failed businessmans teaches <laughs> other people how to run a fucking business. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was like the CEO master. You're fired. Like he was the number one business guy, mm-hmm. and it's almost funny because it's like. Why is it that the ruling class wants to almost have this like this patsy, this guy who doesn't really own the buildings, who is the face of being a businessman? So they get to hide at home and, you know, they're not the bad guy. And it's almost like this Trump right now is an extension of that. He gets to be the, the ruling class's patsy. He's the bad guy when really, you know, yeah. not that he's not a bad guy, but. Yeah, I think he's a glorified fall guy, really. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> because like I think he's just kind of saying whatever and I think that's kind of almost good for the ruling class a little bit the fact that he's just unfiltered and just says what the fuck ever he wants to because you know how we've talked about this a little bit how it's sort of a tool just to divide you know yeah. and I think when he says this ridiculous shit I don't think that he is just out there fucking you know off the, the the raw power of like yeah. you know Mick Chickens and Sudafed like, yeah. <laughs> like it's always important for us to like actually define who they are and like I don't do this as much as I should but I think that they specifically is like in this instance is the people who profit off of the outrage cycle like those fucking that they love how Donald Trump is off the rails and they do not care about the divisiveness that promoting that shit and like running that cycle to its fucking wits end. They do not care about the damage that that causes or how divisive it is. It's just, it's pure fucking ratings, baby. And Donald Trump is ratings. And that's why he fucking won the election. Cause they gave him all this free airtime because people would watch the shit. Yeah. Cause everybody, and like we all thought we both, have fell victim into that you know just sitting there watching something that donald trump says and you're just like oh what the hell and then you like oh let's see what donald trump has just said this time i know what people like that's what people do now because it's just like oh yeah we know he's gonna say some stupid shit let's go see what stupid shit he said you know yo if you're hanging with people and someone's on their phone is like oh you're like, oh shit, what do you say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, what fucked up thing have you just seen? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, literally. What fucking horrific video of police brutality did yeah. you just witness? Yeah, that's fucking wild. Oh, I've seen that uh, horrible video too, man. Oh, that's that's crazy. <laughs> I saw that last night, man. Oh, like, <laughs> I guess like a water, but like cooler conversation now. Like, you know, it's crazy how. Uh, there is something to be said, I think, about making sure we don't become desensitized. Fuck, I'd like to be more desensitized. I feel like I, it still is heart-wrenching every time I fucking watch a video. So I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it probably is easy, though, to just get, like, overwhelmed by all this shit. I think people are desensitized at a point because a lot of people had the opinion of, oh, I just don't want to hear this anymore. Yeah, that's true. And I think it becomes a thing of like, 
oh, they want it to be like they they want what's right to be right. But at the end, it's more of like, can we get back to this norm? Can I get back to my status quo? I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. I fell from like one seventy normal story views to like one fifty five, and like that's not counting like on followers and shit. That's like people I think who follow me, but no longer checking the stories because they're like, I don't want to like, I don't want to see this shit. And like, I do think that there is a reflex with that with some people. And it's one I can relate to. And I think if it like for your mental health, you need to fucking take a break, like go for it. But um, mm-hmm. I also think it's important to stay informed, especially when people are working fucking overtime to make sure that you don't, you know? Yeah. Which now, now that I think about it, I, I think that when we like tell each other about like news now, it shouldn't be about, Oh, did you see what, you know, this man said, or I think it should be more in, I think we should just be more informative about what's actually going on. Like, what what was that bill that you were talking about where the people were protesting outside of uh, the governor's mansion? Governor's mansion in Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah, Luckily I got vetoed at the very last minute, which is another example of like direct action working. Exactly. But you know, out of all the people that I have talked to about politics. I've talked to a lot of people about politics the past couple of weeks, given everything that's going on. And I heard almost nobody talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wild how things like that can just slip under the rug and just go along. Mm -hmm. It's like, it takes people who actually do do these checks and balances on people to, you know, get that information out. But if people like i don't know it just feels like people just want to be outraged more than anything else when it comes to direct action like like what nc born did with sb 168 and getting it vetoed Mm -hmm. i think the media either ignores it entirely like they did with that because yeah you really did not hear much there were a couple articles written but like not like you know it definitely did not make national headlines Um, and i fucking it's either outright ignored or it's portrayed in a way that's meant to obfuscate the fact that it's either direct action or they may, if, if it's impossible to do that, like for example, a Wendy's being lit on fire, then they, they divide people up or, you know, make it, you know, this is too far. You get all those arguments, you know, they want, if they're not able to actually just do outright, get rid of it the simple way. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I think, the thing that they are most terrified of, and we talked about this the very first episode, is that people would realize their collective power. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was talking to my little brothers about getting jobs, and they're like, oh, we want to try to get a job at Target because they pay 15 an hour. And it, it immediately occurred to me, oh, yeah, that's because they lit the fucking Target on fire a month and a half, that my brothers might have a mm-hmm. teenage job that pays a lot better than mine when, yeah. when I was their age. Which that's awesome. Yep, that's fucking huge. You know? Because that, that, that's, that's what it's all about in general, is leaving mm-hmm. your future generations, whether you have kids or not. Mm-hmm. We are all one human race, you know? We mm-hmm. all descended from that same black woman. <laughs> so, Damn right. know, it is what it is. Yeah. Out for each other. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, what hurts one hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a simple fucking concept. And, you know, I think if more people understood it, we'd be a lot better off. Yeah. I just think a lot of people are just selfish. It's just prog- It's just about progress. And, and, it, and, and, it, and I think the issue is people aren't selfish. They see 
progress of other people as detracting from their own progress and they don't see it as a collective mission. And that speaks to, I mean, specifically when we're talking about white and black issues, like white people viewing the black lives matter movement as anti-white definitely mm-hmm. speaks to how anti-black white movements have been. And so yeah. there's shit that needs to be examined with that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I do think um, outside of interrogating the inherent racism that people have, I think it's important to try to build a class conscience movement that like truly is united in common goals and realizes, Hey, you know, and, and just as a political scientist, I have to look at the Wendy's thing and I have, or, and I have to look at the target thing and I have to look at these things that, and I have to look at the NC born thing with SB 168. And I have to look at these, these times direct action was taken. What actual costs were there? And generally no one's been hurt. It's been protesters having to get bailed out over and over again. But as long as the money's there, there's not any real long-term negative cost. There only ends up being a long-term benefit as far as leaving a better future for people and making what is already a fucking cruel enough world a little nicer to live in. And I think that's it. This is pretty simple, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think it's common sense, but people want to act in their own self like like you just spoke to acting in their own self-interest. And I think we could just do a whole fucking episode about people's self-interest and why that, how that just drives people's decisions and how that's just so fucking toxic, you know? Yeah. We should do an episode that's a, uh, we'll do the anti-individualism episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and honestly, maybe, maybe that'll be next step. Let's leave this one off here. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Yeah, I think that this has been a solid amount of time. Yeah. I don't even know how long we've been going, but I think we're at an hour. But uh this is I think this is one of my favorite ones we've done yet. See y'all niggas anyway. <laughs> we're here. All right.